0: For the sake of this conversation, let's define trauma as a deeply distressing or even disturbing experience. But it's not just the big stuff. Stuff like experiencing a natural disaster or a war or being abused. It's also stuff like being weaned from the breast before we're ready to participate in that decision. Or... Being the only one in our family that was super responsible and feeling like we were carrying the entire weight of our family system. Or, growing up so poor we couldn't really get what it is that we truly desired. Trauma is also that stuff we normalize. For so many of us, the trauma that we experience, it goes unresolved. And as a result, it just keeps on repeating, over and over again our trauma must be something that we focus on healing in our lifetime. In fact, a big part of personal growth and expansion is healing from the trauma that every person experiences in their lifetime. To heal is to experience something different and antidotal, usually the opposite. For example, if somebody has a deep trauma around loneliness, to heal might be something like to find consistent, reliable connection. And if a person has experienced the trauma of feeling completely powerless, to heal might be something like finding personal empowerment in some way. To learn more about this, you can watch my video titled What is Healing? But for today's conversation, it's important to know that even though it's awesome, really good thing, to simplify complex concepts. To simplify also can lead to the shadow of oversimplification and rigid thinking, in fact. And this is especially the case when it comes to trauma in healing. Because trauma is an unwanted experience, it's really tempting to make trauma itself wrong and bad. And it's also tempting to make anything that's causally related or that is a byproduct of trauma bad and wrong. This includes adaptations we may have made as a result of that trauma. But by doing this, we limit ourselves in terms of the way that we think about healing from trauma. We also miss a powerful truth about life itself. Something that people are very slow to accept is that trauma doesn't only play a role in the problems, in the weaknesses, in the dysfunctionality and disadvantages of people. It also plays a role in their strengths, in their advantages, in their solutions. What trauma does, is it causes polarization within people. This means trauma is often at the root of people's failures, but it's also often at the root of people's successes. To explain this, I'm gonna give you A couple of examples. Jane had a mother who was very young. In fact, she was only 15 when she had Jane. Jane's mother was lacking support in a very real way. When Jane was young, because of the very real needs her mother had and her lack of awareness of the implications of doing so, her mother flipped their roles so that Jane was taking care of her every whim. In order to avoid consequences, Jane had to make her entire life about supporting her mother from being her mother's shoulder to cry on, to rubbing her back, which was always sore, to working with her mother at her house cleaning job, even as a small child, to giving her birthday money to her mother for bills, etc. Jane was literally custom trained to perfectly support another person's success, regardless of whether she wanted this or not. This trauma led to Jane having a codependent relational style, not really knowing who she was or what she wanted, being soft-spoken and disempowered. However, it also led to an incredible capacity to perceive the needs of others, a perfectly honed skill set regarding assisting others, the ability to emotionally regulate anyone, the capacity to dedicate herself to another person and to work towards success together, and the rare personality trait of taking the back seat and letting someone else shine, rather than vying for attention. Brett grew up in a wealthy household. His parents, especially his father, cared mostly about one thing and that's public perception. They put a ton of pressure on Brett from a very young age to be excellent so that his family could use him as a kind of trophy. Brett learned that the only way he could get any approval from his family and the only way to avoid being ostracized like his sister was, was to step into that family pressure and to dedicate himself to being excellent. He chose golf as his venue for excellence. This trauma caused Brett to feel like he had to justify his value and worth in his family and earn love it caused him to have a core self-concept of shame. It caused him to obsessively perfect his golf game to the degree that he would stay on a course for hours, sobbing from rotator cuff pain until he got the stroke exactly how he wanted it. However, this trauma also led to an incredible level of discipline, a superhuman capacity to focus, an achievement-oriented personality, the achievement of greatness, incredible financial success, and a professional golf career that most people could only dream of. It's tempting when your view is limited regarding trauma and healing to jump to the conclusion that you know exactly what is in the best interests of Jane and also Brett when it comes to healing from the pain that they experienced in their childhood. For example, looking at the scenario with Jane, you're probably thinking, oh my gosh, Jane needs to be way more selfish. She needs to make herself about herself. What she needs to do, is to go out there and focus on her own personal endeavors and put herself in the limelight for a change. And to stop worrying about other people. It's an easy conclusion to come to. But this is only one potential healing option. It may or it may not actually be the best healing option for Jane. For Brett, you're probably jumping into the conclusion that he needs to find someone who really loves him for him whatever that means, and that he needs to quit golf or anything else he may be doing to earn approval. Approval needs to be something he gets even when he's lounging on the couch. He needs the pressure to perform taken off of him. And he needs to learn how to be gentle with himself and have fun. But this is just one potential healing option for Brett. It may or may not be the one that's actually in alignment for him. What if I told you that trauma plays a role in your destiny? What if I told you that trauma perfectly custom molds you for that destiny, which is your pre-birth intention for you in this lifetime? Can you consider that it's not only those good things that you wanted to experience, but also the trauma that you wanted to experience that would mold your intention for this life or line up with it? That's why you chose those specific people at that specific time in that specific place. When we make trauma wrong, and anything that is causally related to trauma wrong, we miss the fact that if there was absolutely no problems with significance in anyone's childhood, and there was no experiences of poor reflection, there would be no actors in Hollywood. That means, there's really none of that good quality entertainment. There's also none of those movies that change the way that all of society thinks. Without the trauma of injustice and middle child syndrome and the guilt and separation of having more resources and opportunities than most other people that looked like him, while at the same time not being allowed to play and connect with kids that didn't look like him, there is no Martin Luther King Jr. Without your trauma, you would be a very very different person. Yeah, potentially in some ways to the positive, but also in some ways to the negative. Now I don't want you to listen to this and to jump to this conclusion that what I'm saying is we should just never try to prevent people from experiencing trauma because trauma leads to such good things. That's not this conversation and you obviously know where I stand on that subject, otherwise I wouldn't waste my time doing all these videos for you, would I? Yeah. That's not the point of this conversation. All I want is to ask you, can you see the danger of jumping to the conclusion that if what drives a person to want to act is all this trauma around significance, and if acting causes a person to slip in and out of different identities, to heal, they must stop acting. That may be the right decision for one actor and the totally wrong decision for another actor even though they have the same trauma or similar trauma? Do you see the danger of jumping to the conclusion that if the trauma of feeling invisible and being excluded and being separated and feeling guilty is a big part of what fueled Martin Luther King to step into the public eye and create the movement that ultimately led to his death, that it somehow diminishes the rightness or inalignmentness of his career? The most important thing you can do about your trauma is to become aware of it. You need to recognize your trauma and recognize what it caused within you. You can consider this recognizing the ABC of the trauma dynamic in your life. By the way, part of the awareness that's inherent in this process is seeing both what is detrimental and what was beneficial about those experiences. It didn't just take away from you, it also added. From there, you want to think about What is the different healing experience? What could the antidote be? For me specifically. This awareness includes consideration of the beneficial and detrimental consequences of each option you might choose as a healing step. And from that place of awareness, the most empowering thing you can do regarding your trauma is to make a conscious decision with your own free will about what you will ultimately choose to do with it knowing that the right answer for you may be to experience or be the logical opposite. Or, it may be to consciously choose to align with and own something your trauma created in you, rather than to be in a pattern of determinism relative to that thing. What might be healing for you is to choose to consciously embrace something that your trauma created in you. And what's healing about it is that You have changed the pattern itself by consciously deciding to accept it, to embrace it, and to own it. (laughs) Talk about an exercise in empowerment and free will. Also, doing so in a conscious way is what changes this detrimental pattern into a beneficial one. That means the way that this thing that was caused in you as a result of trauma expresses to the world will be a beneficial one, not only to you, but those around you, instead of a detrimental one. However, what's interesting about this that I have noticed is that to the outside and to the untrained eye, what this looks like is that a person is consciously aligning with their trauma. For example, Jane, in our previous example, did decide that she needed to put some serious time and effort into finding herself. So, for a time she decided she did need to experience the opposite, by focusing on what her actual core truth was. But guess what she found out? The realization she had was that she really loved to dedicate her life to the success of another person. That the feeling of putting her energy toward them and the result being that they then achieved tangible results, made her feel like she could impact the world and that she really hated the pressure of being the center of attention. As a result, the healing choice for her really came as a result of embracing the fact that her mother custom molded her for her destiny of being a personal assistant to a political figure. And that by making the conscious choice to dedicate her life to another person's success, healed the pattern of feeling forced to dedicate her life to another person, her mother, without her free will. It was also more healing and more in alignment with her life purpose and also personal truth, than going for the limelight herself and living an independent life and chasing personal success would have been. And in an interesting twist of fate, she realized that her mother literally made it so, when it came to being a personal assistant, she was unbeatable. Brett decided that to heal was to do all kinds of work on his relationship patterns, so he stopped lining up with women who put all this pressure on him to succeed because really they were just interested in him being their trophy. That being said, after choosing a rather passive wife that really loved play and leisure time with him and who didn't push him to succeed in any particular way and that being this opposite experience that was healing, on the other hand, Brett decided that the most healing thing he could do was to own his achievement drive and embrace his extreme discipline and welcome the pressure intentionally. He made the decision to keep going for greatness regarding his golf career and as a result of making that conscious choice, he experienced the entire game of golf in a better way. Also, he realized that as a result of his trauma and what it turned him into, he had the edge on the competition because he loved watching all the other players crack when he didn't. I'm going to spell out a truth for you that I don't want you to forget. Trauma can seriously prevent what you really want, but also seemingly paradoxically, especially regarding your destiny, it can seriously custom forge you for what you really want. It can bend you for failure and it can bend you for success. Don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. Your trauma absolutely took from you. But at the same time, it absolutely gave to you. And seeing reality is to see both aspects of this full picture. The moral of the story here is that when it comes to healing trauma, conscious choice is what really matters. The conscious choice to scrap what isn't leading you to what you want, scrap what doesn't work. At the same time, powerfully own, powerfully step into, what does work, and those aspects that were given to you by your trauma that line you up with what you want. Have a good week.